Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, our diversely and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention together to breathe, to reflect and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice we call Mr. Mediocrity. Then let's enjoy moving forward to make a positive difference in our world. Timothy L. Coomer is a serial entrepreneur with interest and experience in the creation of analytical-based business startups, but he also enjoys working as a business coach, mentor, and investor. A graduate of Vanderbilt University, Dr. Coomer completed his PhD at the Spears School of Business at Oklahoma State University. His areas of interest are entrepreneurship, predictive modeling, risk financing, and the relationship between personality and sales performance. He is the CEO of Sigma Actuarial Consulting, which he co-founded in 1995, and he's the author and founder of The Discipline Strategy. An avid pilot, Dr. Coomer travels extensively and enjoys combining his love of aviation and flying with the need to reach out to meet clients face-to-face. Enjoy this episode with Dan Moore and Timothy L. Coomer. Well, this is Dan Moore, your host of The Action Catalyst, and today we are so excited to have Timothy L. Coomer as our guest. So, Tim, welcome to The Action Catalyst. Oh, thank you, Dan, so much. I've enjoyed your podcast and really feel honored to, to be a guest today. So, thank you. Well, please keep things very simple. Actuaries are the most brilliant people on earth. <laughs> okay, I'll try. <laughs> uh, you, you have created and run a very successful actuarial firm of your own after a lot of industry experience. So what led you to want to write a book? Wow, that's, uh, yeah, that's kind of a complicated story. But through my career, I had a break after I sold a software business in 2010 that I had built over the course of about 20 years. And I went to get a PhD at Oklahoma State University while still involved here with the actuarial firm where I'm the CEO. And through that PhD process, I got to read tons of research. And it's such a time of creating ideas. And this concept of a book that has to do with life change and a process for life change started forming. Uh, I'm an engineer and mathematician at heart. And I think in terms of processes and steps, so I had this concept for this book, but I kind of, I would even call it more of a calling almost, but I set it aside like we all typically do if we feel a call to do something, it's usually not what we want to do right then. And then I, I finished the PhD program and right as I finished, I had a really bad medical setback. And it's one of those times in life that kind of resets your priorities and perhaps lets you make a choice different than you were making about how you go forward and, and where you invest your time. Um, so I, I became very ill one Sunday in church. <laughs> and After getting back home, I got sicker and sicker, and we decided to go down to Williamson Medical Center, which is in Franklin, Tennessee, just south of Nashville here. They did not know what was wrong with me, but I was fading fast. And after a couple of days, um, they decided I had this old wise surgeon who came into my room and said, um, I don't think you're going to make it through the night and we need to do some exploratory surgery, which is not what you want to hear from your surgeon. Um, so they did some middle of the night surgery and saved my life. Uh, it did result in me losing some uh, large and small intestines and the connecting valve work. So it was a big life challenge to overcome. A few days later, when I was able to get out of the hospital bed and walk down the hall, 
uh, with my daughter, who's a nurse, and she had flown in from Denver to be with me, and my, all my family was there. But she was with me that evening. We walked down to see the sunset over the, the hills of Middle Tennessee. It's just a beautiful setting. And I was overwhelmed with gratitude. It was the last feeling I expected in that type of situation. Uh, but I was so overwhelmed with gratitude that my response was I wanted to give something back. And then that book came to mind and I made the commitment right there, watching the sunset. I set a couple of goals, one of which was to write that book in hopes of helping some people um, by sharing what I've learned about processes and life change over the years. So that was how I got started. And when I got back to work about a month later, it took me about a month to get back to work, I bought a two-hour time clock, which is actually sitting on my desk behind me right here. I, I would come in every morning and flip that. And for two hours, I was to write. And that's how I got through the book. It took quite a lot of effort. I did a lot of research. It's a research-based book. So, But that was how that was the catalyst for that happening right there. Wow. And how many years ago was that? Uh, this was 2016, May 2016 is when the medical mishap occurred, as I like to call it. <laughs> well, we are more than happy to see you, Tim. This is incredible story. Wow. And so the book is about sharing some of the things that you've learned and researched in hopes that it can help other people, other Definitely. people do better. Um, can you can you explain a bit about the discipline strategy, which is what your book is? is sure. Um, you know, over the my whole career, I've always enjoyed Jim Rohn, who is a motivational speaker who's no longer with us, but consumed all of his material and all the other greats that you would think of over the past 20, 30 years. But Jim Rohn had a quote that discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. And I actually wrote that on the wall of my office up in the corner up there. And that quote, discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment, really stuck with me. I've always had it written where I could see it over the years. And the question always formed in my mind, well, what is discipline? What is discipline? And it was through the PhD process where I'm reading and doing research that I formed a concept for me where discipline is used as an acronym. So in the book, I use it as a 10-step process using the letters in the word discipline for each step. Mm. And I'll just give you a brief summary yes, of what that please. is. It's decide. So you got to make a good decision. And I talk about decision-making, some of the roadblocks and challenges. Investigate. One thing I really stress is you have to become your own guru. You've got to gather the information, do your homework, do the research. That's investigate. Then sort. You want to sort through that information and form your own personal knowledge base. Okay, you want to decide what's right for you, what's true for you, uh, and then you want to conceive a plan. So C is conceive, and there's a lot of ways that you can anticipate challenges with your plan, and you can plan to have strategies for how to overcome those challenges. So conceiving a good plan that has the best chance of success. So in those first four steps, we're really thinking, we're deciding, investigating, sorting, and conceiving a plan. Then we have to transition to implementation. So that's the first I you get there. Uh, so we're going to implement the plan. And that's a tricky transition because you are going from thinking to doing and you hit that status quo bias. You get all that resistance. You know, your mind starts telling you the way we were doing things was great. You know, what, what's all this stuff we're doing now? What's this change effort? It sounds good in theory, but people struggle sometimes with that transition to implementation and to doing. 
Well, we want homeostasis. We want to know where we are and just be secure there. Yes, we do. And, you know, there's a lot within us biologically and mentally that will fight that change. And so part of the planned conception process is understanding that when you do begin to implement, you're going to hit all that. You're going to feel that. And you need to anticipate how are you going to deal with those challenges. Mm. And after you implement successfully and you're kind of going in this new routine that's helping you reach your goal, you're then going to hit some challenges. You overcome the initial resistance, but then you hit challenges and we have to persevere. So the P there in discipline is persevere. There, I want people to anticipate that they're going to hit challenges and that they need to build their capacity for perseverance. Um, it's inevitable you're going to hit the challenges. So why not prepare for that by being as fit as possible, by having your life as organized as possible, having good mental clarity about what you're doing, understanding the reasons why you're doing it. There's also a term we use in the research world called psychological capital. Uh, psychological capital is kind of like a mental resource. It has to do with your hope, efficacy, resiliency, and optimism. And that just happens to spell hero. hero. The hero within is your psychological capital. You can nurture that. So if you nurture that over time, you're building this capacity. You have this psychological capital. You have this capacity for perseverance. And then when you hit the obstacle, you're much better prepared to deal with it. So that's what perseverance is about. And then you're making progress. I want people to loop back, get feedback. A feedback loop needs to go back into the way you're doing things. So I teach people how to self-assess using kind of a personal SWOT analysis, looking at strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Do a good, thorough self-assessment. But also, I talk about how to reach out to mentors to get feedback, get that indiv individual who knows what you're doing, knows something about you, and is involved with you enough to be able to assess, hey, Tim, I think... You know, this is something I've, I've seen you do lately, and I, I don't know that that's serving your goals. I think you should change and do this, whatever the feedback might be. Um, and then that feedback should help you really tweak up the processes and the system. So you are just really humming along, and it's time for some intensity. So then we discuss how you can intensify your efforts, perhaps temporarily putting a lot of other things in your life to the side, really flooring it down the straightaway. Now, I find that this upsets a lot of people, not you, but the people around you who are saying, what is going on You know, with Tim? He's, he's working so hard on this. He's not coming to the Friday night poker game, which I don't go to anyways, but whatever it <laughs> might be, he's not showing up for anymore. And I talk about your need to communicate. Communicate to others, you know, I've got this important goal and I'm choosing right now to intensify my efforts on this goal. And I may not be around, I may not be able to go, you know, to the football game on the weekend or something because this is really important to me. It's not going to last forever, but I talk about how you can really ratchet up the focus and the effort for a period of time. And then I even talk about how to come out of warp speed, as I call it, because once you get in that intense state, that drive, um, Sometimes it can, hard, it can be hard to come out of that. And so I talk about how to transition back to a little bit normal lifestyle. You don't want to stay on some type of adrenaline high with this intensity uh, going after your goal all the time. That's not a healthy way to live. But it is a, a useful way to do things for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And then 
notice. That's the end there in discipline. Notice is about noticing the person you're becoming because of this accomplishment, kind of redefining your um, self-identity, recognizing the skills and traits, the growth that you've achieved, celebrating. One thing I think people do not do enough of is celebrate not only the, the daily successes, but the successes that come with reaching your goal. Uh, when I graduated from my PhD program, I thought about not going to the hooding ceremony. And then I listened to my own thoughts, which is celebrate. So I went to that ceremony and it was just a wonderful experience. So don't, you know, people don't need to blow off celebration and they need to even facilitate celebration to lock in the emotion that goes with that achievement because it encourages your brain to want to start again, to start mm -hmm. another goal. And I want people to notice how closely that last achievement was aligned with their core person so that they can make an adjustment with the next goal and be closer to the target of where they really want to be, where they need to be, and who they are. And then I finish with enjoy. I love positive psychology. If I could do anything in life right now, I'd probably go back and get a PhD in positive psychology. I got some other things to do, so I'm not going to do that. But it's such a fascinating topic. So that last chapter is about how to enjoy your life. Uh, now, it's not a uh, particular spiritual chapter, but it certainly fits within the context of any spirituality, any religion somebody might uh, practice. But it's about nurturing, according to the principles that Dr. Martin Seligman from the University of Pennsylvania, who's the father yes. of positive psychology, just a great, great man, fantastic research. Brilliant. He came, he put together this PERMA acronym, which stands for Positive Emotion, Engagement, Relationships, Meaning, and Accomplishment. So in that last chapter, I give strategies and worksheets on how do you nurture positive emotions with things like a gratitude journal, with having this time of forecasting your best self into the future, um, recalling positive past memories, uh, engagement, which is being in the flow. You know, people need to set aside time to be in the flow, to have these experiences that kind of take them away from the rest of the world's worries that are challenging. For me, it's flying my airplane. I don't know anything else that's going on in the world when I'm flying my airplane. And that is being in the flow. But it can be painting. It can be gardening. It can be sports. You just have to find for yourself, what is that engagement? What is that flow experience? And I walk through kind of how to discover that for yourself. Uh, relationships. I love Dr. Gottman's book on uh, the seven principles of making marriage work. Uh, I do some summary of that type of material. I think it's a genius level book based on my own personal uh, experience with marriage and relationships. And also, I, I think friendships are important. I think there's some strategies people can apply to their friendships to nurture those. Uh, the social media world is destroying a lot of friendships, in my opinion. I think we need to more have a personal connection with our friends. And that's an intentional effort that you have to make. And then there's meaning, which is finding where you want to contribute and carving out the time for that contribution and knowing that you do have something to contribute. So you take inventory of all the resources, whether it's time, money, equipment, ability to cook or to care. And you find a place to deliver that and to, to have meaning in your life. And then the A is accomplishment, which is really what the whole book is about. It's about 
intentionally setting a goal, pursuing it, and feeling that uh, satisfaction that comes with accomplishing your goal. So, yeah, it was a really fun process just to put all that together and a lot of research involved. But. Well, it's a brilliant synthesis of, of the things that actually lead to not amusement, but joy, which is yes. so much deeper than just amusement. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's complex, though. I think people can sometimes tend to trivialize well-being. It's, you really need to step back and look at all these moving pieces in life. And you need to be intentional about how you balance it, about what you're choosing to do, where you're choosing to spend your time. But there are strategies and there's good research that can back up a plan that's going to work for people. Mm-hmm. You know, the first book I read by Dr. Seligman is the one called Learned Optimism. Oh, yes. Fabulous. Fabulous. And it, it's such an important discussion so that we don't take our mistakes and our foibles and our mess ups and make them permanent, pervasive and personal. Yeah, I know. He talks about controlling your worldview, the way that you see the world. And when something happens, you know, is it because everything bad happens to you or is it because something happened and now we're going to have to deal with it? And it's not about you and it's not the future. This isn't the way things always are going to be. So controlling that worldview is is one thing. I think he did a great job of kind of pulling out and magnifying for people. Oh, absolutely. And it, it certainly sounds like you've done the same thing, Tim, with, with your with your research. Now, when I think about the, the the acronym, the discipline method, the discipline system, what are the stages that you, in your research and in your own personal experience, think are the more difficult ones that people have to really put more focus on? Because there's so many important stages there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, couple of things. One is, I'm going to just pull out two things out of that discipline process. One is not being afraid to become your own guru. And the word guru has really no great meaning here, except being an expert on the subject matter that you have to deal with. People will make a decision and jump right into doing. And there's some people who even argue that's the way to do things, decide and start doing things. I really believe people need to better educate themselves, do research, think through what the different options are um, before they start their pursuit of their goals. So taking time to learn and self-develop, get the skills and the knowledge that you need in order to have the best chance of success. And then the other one would be perseverance. I believe nothing perhaps matters except perseverance. The challenges are big and they're inevitable. Whether it's you try to die like I did in May of 2016, or you have uh, a huge business setback or a relationship challenge, the challenges are going to be there and the challenges are huge. You have to prepare yourself to have the capacity for perseverance. And that's a choice you make before the challenge shows up so that when it shows up, you're prepared. You know, you've got a rock solid life physically, mentally, you're healthy, you've got extra resources, uh, and you're ready to face that challenge. So become your own guru and prepare yourself for battle. Sometimes it's a word I use because it's coming. Mm-hmm. You need to be prepared for it. So it's really just the, the conscious acknowledgement that the difficulties are going to come. It's yes. just not a question of if. It's and not at all. <laughs> knowing they're going to happen. And so can we be prepared? Do we have a store of energy? Do we have a store of resilience? Do we have a store of conviction to get through the difficult times? Definitely. It's critical. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know you also have a sort of a personality profiling tool mm-hmm. that's included in your book. Um, yeah. Uh, tell us about these different personalities and maybe how they uh, interact with the okay. discipline model and, and make that challenging for some. Yeah. When, when I was younger, I had a period of time I worked at a Ford Motor Company subsidiary and they put us through some personality training on how to understand our personality and those we worked with and how we might interact. That planted a seed for me a long time ago. And so I've always been reading and researching uh, personality. When I got into the PhD program, my mentor, who was head of my dissertation chairman, uh, head of my dissertation committee, was uh, Dr. Craig Wallace, who's now head of the management department at Clemson. He was at Oklahoma State at the time. He is a personality researcher and one of the top organizational behavior researchers in the world, really. So great mentor for me. He turned me on to personality modeling as my dissertation focus. So I studied personality, various models, and in the context of how to predict performance uh, in a sales role, I've expanded beyond that since then. But in my personality model that um, people can, it's free to the world out there, I assess using Hexaco. Hexaco is a six-trait model that we use in the research world that stands for honesty, humility, emotionality, extroversion, agreeableness, conscientiousness, and openness. So I measure those six traits and the 24 sub-traits that go with those six major traits. And then here's the beauty to me is then I get to use my mathematician personality. So I'm really a mathematician at heart. And what I've done is instead of kind of putting people in these little pigeonholes and, you know, when I was younger, I loved the Myers-Briggs test, and there's a lot of value to that test, but it, it's not a research tool, and it kind of puts people in one of 16 categories. In the research world, we're looking deeper and more scientifically at the personality, and there's thousands of combinations of personality. If you just take each of those six traits I just listed and measure them in increments of one to five, you're going to wind up with over 5,000 different combinations, Okay. So what I do is I measure that hexaco model, those hexaco traits. Then I use mathematical modeling to build a unique model that predicts how people will perform in those different steps in the discipline process. Hmm. Will you struggle with indecisiveness? Okay, so it's not all um, pump you up kind of stuff. You know, you're not reading a horoscope. This is real research that shows, given your personality traits, you may struggle with indecisiveness. Okay. That helps you when you go to implement the discipline process, because now you know that during the decision process, that may be a challenge for me. So what am I going to do about it? Well, you gather friends and family, coworkers, you get some assistance during that decision process. So I have about 20 metrics I go through that have to deal with, can you gather and organize information effectively? Are you open to new ideas, which will definitely affect your ability to conceive a plan? Uh, do you have the capacity to uh, persevere? Are you vulnerable to burnout? And on and on and on. So these models are complex predictive analytical tools based on the personality measurements that predict how you're going to perform in these different situations. It's not to tell you that you're good or bad, not at all. It's to tell you that you may have strengths and you may have weaknesses. So what we do is we leverage the strengths And we try to overcome the weaknesses with some intentionality and a plan. So that's how the personality assessment kind of jives with the book. 
It's designed to let you be more intelligent about who you are, where your challenges and strengths are, and how it might affect these different steps in a goal accomplishment process. What's brilliant about that, Tim, is that it personalizes the model. It's not just an abstract. It's saying based upon your characteristics, this is how it's going to be like a lattice that works together. And you have to understand where you fit in that. Yeah, certainly. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I think that's fantastic. Wonderful. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it, well, I'm sure it is. Uh, tell us about, about your, your website, what, what that is and how we can find these tools, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, DisciplinedStrategy.com is the website. Uh, there's a link on the website that says My Personality. And you can go there and just enter your name and email address, and we'll send you a link to the personality assessment. Now, I would tell people this is a legit research-based personality assessment. There's about 181 items that you respond to on a scale of one to five, and it takes about 15 minutes typically. So it's not something you're going to just do in 30 seconds, you know, to figure out what color your personality or something silly like that is. It's a real research model. But it's going to give you very insightful results. So it's worth the, the 15 minutes you might invest in, in taking it. That's great. And then the, your book on, on the discipline strategy, what's the release date? How can people find it? January 2020. There's a book link on my website. I think Simon & Schuster has it up on Amazon as a pre-order right now. But yeah, it's going to be released in January. Oh, that's fantastic. Tim, this is fascinating to me, and I'm looking forward to right. reading your book, digging into it, because it reinforces a lot of the things that mentors that I've had have shared. Wonderful. And also some of these life experiences. I'm glad um, to hear that. A, a big purpose of what we try to do here in the podcast is provide encouragement to people sometimes when they're really at a roadblock or they don't know what to do. Okay. What, what would you advise somebody that has been pursuing a certain path? And all of a sudden, it's it's either at an end or there's been so many setbacks that they do, they have no resources. They don't know what to do next. Is there some coping strategies that you feel like can be universal? Yeah. Well, one thing you said right there, I've got a couple of thoughts. But one, you said, you know, they have no resources. That is a, a worldview they're holding at that time of discouragement. So first, I would encourage them to step back. Because I think maybe they do have resources that they're just not accounting for. They so perceive back, them. Right, right. They, just, they don't see them, but they're there. And that's the first step is to step back, give yourself a break, maybe even change environments. You know, go uh, to a, a coffee shop and think. Go out of town for a couple of days if that's a possibility. Step back and think and take stock of what resources you have. Think a little broader then maybe you are in that initial reaction to that challenge. Think about your resources. Think about the people you know that might could help you. Gather those people around you and have a brainstorming session. Um, come up with a, a, an unedited list of ideas and what can I do in this situation and work through that with others. I think that stimulates a lot of new thoughts. If possible, change that worldview. Um, about what is actually happening to you, what type of challenge you're facing. Um, is this just the way life is going to be? Or perhaps there's another way to look at it, another way to approach the challenge that's going to open up that opportunity to overcome it. Also, a lot of people will make a decision and they will decide something has to happen a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then they face a challenge. 
you know, I like to use the analogy of as a pilot, I will set a destination. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to fly up to Cincinnati and the weather may be a little iffy. So I set that destination, but I'm not afraid to reroute in course. Okay, so when I'm making my journey, if I hit a challenge, which would be a thunderstorm, I'm going to reroute. People should not be afraid to change their plans, to go in a different direction, and maybe ultimately even change their destination. So you have to be flexible and willing and open to new thoughts, new processes, new ways of doing things, and perhaps even changing the destination. Mm-hmm. Well, and as you said, when you're flying, you're not thinking about anything else. You're immersed in flying. Right. In other words, it's partly the destination, but it's also the journey. And being Definitely. That. 100%. And that's where the growth occurs. Right. Now, that is extremely helpful advice. And we're grateful that you shared that with all of us. I'm, I'm gaining from this. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <You're not. laughs> Hopefully, uh, many others will as well. well. Tim, this has been delightful. Thank you so much. You are what the Action Catalyst is all about. It's insight and it's inspiration. Well, thank you. you. Model that in your own life and you model that in your willingness to share and, and do great things. Thank and you very much. Particularly like your point about enjoy those celebrations and notice and have that. Uh, my father also has a PhD from Oklahoma State University. Oh, really? And I was oh, six, cool. six years old when he came home and held up a black <laughs> folder and said, do you know what's in this? And it made us guess and guess and none of us got it right. And then my mother said, it's his PhD. And oh, that's awesome. Little kids. And we had a family celebration that night. So we're kind of linked on that brilliant moment. So celebrating, enjoying, and all the rest. And you have inspired us all. Well, thank you, Dan. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.